1: and welcome to the very first Leadership for
0: Life show with me,
1: Gina Gardner. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. And over the coming weeks and months, I hope to share with you a a range of topics and some exciting guests who've got lots to offer. My guest today, Brenda Jacobson, you're going to meet in the middle part of the show. But because this is the first show, I thought it would be really sensible to share with you a little of my story and how I came to be sitting on my settee in the UK, just north of Colchester today, so I started my professional life as a teacher. I, for the first time in my life found something I was really good at and I thoroughly enjoyed. and I was promoted very quickly to be the head teacher or prince or deputy head teacher or principal of the largest uh, school in the area. Now, I think the, um, the the sort of school in the US would be junior high. Now I was appointed to be the catalyst for change. I was the youngest bar two on the staff and there was a lot to do because pretty well the school was in the dark ages. The principal, John Hughes was a lovely man and I thoroughly enjoyed working with him but I was very pleased to get to the February half term when traditionally in the UK we have a week's holiday. I'm a keen skier or at least I was in those days. And it was the fashion in those days to wear skis as long as possible. And when I went to buy a new pair of skis, um, I was convinced to buy skis that were four or five inches longer than I was used to. I went off to St. Anton in Italy and I proceeded to wrap those four or five inches around my neck several times during the week. And on the Thursday, I had a pretty bad fall. And so I said to my friends, look, tomorrow tomorrow. I'm going to ski on my own. I'm going to get my confidence back. I'll meet you for lunch. And that I did. It was a beautiful day. The mountains were magnificent. The sun was shining and it was one of those days where everything seemed to sparkle. They said that they'd found a brand new run, that it was really great, four kilometres, a red run. And so we all set off onto the chairlift. As we sat on the chairlift and we gradually rose above the village, it became quieter and quieter until all you could hear was the shh of the odd skier who went under the lift. It was the most amazing day. We got off the chairlift and I followed them. Now, we hadn't gone very far. They turned the corner and as I drew near to them, it became pretty evident this isn't where they expected to be. So instead of it being this long four kilometer red run, it turned out to be the Schindlergratz, a black diamond run. Now I'd done black runs before, but this was very different. It was full of six foot moguls. Now a mogul is where the snow has been carved out by the the wind and the, the, the weather. And oftentimes they're like little cobbles, but these were six foot monsters. There was no way back. And because I had managed black runs before, I took my steel um, and I decided the only way was to go forward. I skied about a third and then I had a nasty fall because I left it too long before I turned. And then I fell. And it took me about 20 minutes to, to get down to where my friends were once I'd retrieved my ski. They were all sitting on moguls, rather like elves sit on mushrooms when you look at the, uh, the old-fashioned films of Christmas. So I took my skis off and I sat on my mogul. I hadn't been there very long when suddenly the top of the mogul gave way and I found myself just falling. The last thing I remember is someone screaming. I think that was me and everything went black. When I came to, I was a long way down the mountain. I'm told I fell between 150 and 200 feet. I was determined not to have the blood wagon. It took my friends a long time to ski down to me, and when they did, the one good thing was that I was by this time pretty well at the bottom of the slope, and we were quite close to the hotel. They helped me back, and I traveled back the next day. It took me three weeks to get back to school because I was diagnosed with a a bad concussion and I trapped a nerve in my neck. But I was due to go off to Switzerland this time with a party of 150 school pupils as the deputy leader. And I got permission to go because we had a medic who was coming with us. As the week went by in Morjan in Switzerland, I became more and more like Quasimodo. I found it more and more difficult to manage but I was determined not to let people down. And by the the last evening, I had completely run out of steam. So I said to my colleagues, I've got to go and lie down. I hadn't been lying on my bed for very long when I suddenly discovered that I was paralyzed down one side. Now it was scary. I suddenly couldn't move and I didn't want to frighten the children and they were out in the corridor, so I had to wait. It felt like an eternity. In reality, it was probably just a very few minutes. When somebody did come to check on me, all hell broke loose and I was carted off to hospital. It took me till the end of May to get back to school and although I was mobile, I was struggling. I did school and I did sleep. And I was really pleased to get to the summer holidays and to think I've got six weeks now, I can recuperate, I can rest. That wasn't quite how it happened. 10 days into the holiday, very early one morning, I got a phone call. My principal's wife was absolutely hysterical. She'd just discovered that John Hughes, the principal, was dead. He'd died overnight having had, it turns out, later to have had an enormous heart attack. So my quiet recuperative holiday was very different, letting the staff, the parents, the local authority know, helping her with the funeral, and then planning for school because I was now the acting principal. One thing I was determined about is that I wanted the children and the staff at the school to have the very best educational opportunity that I could provide. I was the principal there for just under 21 years and during that time um, I had struggles with my health and Twice I had failed back surgery syndrome, which meant that I ran my school for the most part from a wheelchair. Now there was a real gift in that. I couldn't physically get into the classrooms. However, because of that, I'd like to think I'd have done it anyway, but I'm honest enough to know that I probably wouldn't have done, that I created a way of empowering people to take radical responsibility for their own performance and a shared responsibility for the performance of the team. It was incredibly successful. We were on the 100, the HMI, Her Majesty's Inspectors, they create a list every year of the 100 best schools. And I was on that list, our school was on that list twice during my tenure. Though the principles, the strategies of helping people step into their genuine power to take radical responsibility for their words and actions or lack of them are the bedrock of the leadership work, the transformational work that I've done ever since. Now, I worked in a number of roles while I was a serving principal, for the most part because our budget was so bad and we wanted up-to-date technology and more special needs and also to keep the school at cutting edge. So I worked for the National College of School Leadership as a trainer facilitator. I worked with the London Institute to do the same and I worked as a workforce reform advisor for the government and a number of other roles, not all at the same time, I hasten to say. But what that enabled me to do was to use these principles in a wide context and they worked. But by 2004, my health was failing. And so I was given an ultimatum by the neurologist to leave school and stop working a 14, 15 hour day, or I'd be housebound. And I have to tell you, daytime television doesn't do it for me. So I made the very difficult decision to leave. And then thought, what am I going to do now? I did a research project across industries to look at the issues facing leadership, and as a result of that found, of course, the issues around leadership are the same, doesn't matter what the widgets are, people are people. I wrote my first two books, and I started my second career, which was to work mainly with corporates, leadership, um, training, coaching, and facilitation. The last recession meant that I had to change again, And so for the last um, 12 years, I've been working with businesses, working with them, helping them become more strategic, more productive, more profitable, but by working with the leaders, helping them take radical responsibility for themselves. And I've always done life coaching. Two years ago, I started up Genuinely You because I wanted to reach more people. I recognized that actually you're the common denominator in your own life because it didn't matter whether people came for personal coaching or leadership coaching. The the principles, the, the underpinning principles were the same. And so I've started to work towards my mission, which is to positively impact on a million people in the next five years through the development of enlightened leadership. Now, whether you're a leader in a huge conglomerate or you're a parent and you're a leader within your family, or you're simply leading your own life. The choice is yours, whether you lead from integrity, compassion, and courage, or whether you allow other people to make the decisions and to lead you so that you are ultimately a victim to other people's uh, wants and feelings. This program is going to be an opportunity to really explore with you any number of themes, which will help you become the leader of your own life. And I'm inviting incredible guests to help me um, share their experience too, their stories and the way in which they can help you. Ultimately, if you carry on doing what you're doing, if you always do what you've always done, then nothing will change. We live in very interesting times many people are being challenged hugely. And so the program is designed absolutely to help you step into being your best self, giving you power to be the person who takes control of your life. Because what I've realized, and I've learned to walk twice as an adult, and even though I can now walk short distances, I still use a wheelchair. So I understand challenge but I absolutely recognise it's not the challenge that defines you, it's what you do with it. Now, when we come back after the break, you're going to hear Brenda's story. And when I met Brenda a few months ago, the stories that we have, there's such a parallel there. And she has such an amazing story and so much to offer that I'm really looking forward to introducing Brenda to you after the break. So in a few moments, You're going to meet the wonderful Brenda
0: Jacobson. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, Motivational Speaker, Empowerment and Transformational Leadership Coach and Trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving. The five secret pathways to happiness, success, and fulfillment provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com, or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author now let's put them to work for you if you're ready to discover your true leadership life design accelerate your journey with an invitation to join gina for a leadership for life vip day choose your journey of self-discovery where gina will help you navigate your way to happiness success and fulfillment to find out more email gina at genuinely hyphen mm. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi, and welcome back. I'm about to introduce a very
1: special lady to you. But before I do, I just want to say that falling down mountains is not a prerequisite to being a leader of your own life. Brenda Jacobson is the founder of Awakening Consciously. Her 25-year career as a finance executive and business strategist came to an abrupt halt when she fell 3,000 feet down a mountain while skiing. The five years of recovery brought to life her passion for helping people optimise every level of their beings. In her search for tools and techniques, she delved deep into the energy body and chakra systems. She says this became her user manual. She was always seeking for her life. Today, she helps people awaken to and access the power of this ancient tool with the extreme challenges we're facing in the 21st century. So I'm delighted to welcome uh, Brenda Jacobson. Brenda, so lovely to see you. Thank you very much for joining me. I am thrilled to be here, Gina. Thank Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. And it's just so lovely to have you in my first show. As we know that the first shows are always a little bit nerve wracking and I, it's lovely yeah. to have you in my corner. Thank you. I always enjoy chatting with you. So share your story. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? We've both fallen down mountains and we've both found a way forward. Share with exactly. us your story, please.
2: You know, uh, uh, much like you, I was skiing. Um, I, I was still in my CFO, CEO days and committed to take Wednesdays off to as my stress relief. So um, took a Wednesday, went up to the mountains, put my skis on, lovely, glor- glorious day. Um, got off the chairlift, took a turn and fell 3000 feet before I stopped. And stories are so similar because you know, moguls were hip high and I was bouncing and spinning and cartwheeling and tumbling and um, all the way down the mountain and finally stopped. But what happened to me, though, is early on, after I lost my skis, I dug my heels in to try to slow myself down. And I had this voice in my head say, stop it. Just be a rag doll." And I thought, sounds as good a plan as any. So I just let go. I let go. And I just. It was like a rag doll bobbling down the hill, bouncing and cartwheeling. By the time I hit the bottom 3,000 feet later, I had absolutely no stress response. I was, my heart rate was normal. My breathing was normal. The only impact that I had was that I couldn't stand up because I was so dizzy. It was like being in a washing machine, tumbling around. And um, nobody could believe that I... That I didn't need a stretcher to take me off the mountain. So I got up and skied 10 more runs that day. I thought Goodness. I got $80 for the tow ticket. And it was, <laughs> and it was only 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, I did ski. At the end of the day, I, I when I took my boot off, I realized I'd fractured my ankle, but it was casted. Yes. The boot. It didn't, it took me six months to realize that what I had actually done. Was knocked my head where the head sits in at C1, where it sits in the spine. I'd knocked it off by 34 degrees. And I walked around like that for a year. During that time, every system in my body broke down. And so, about six months into it, the pain was excruciating. I was having trouble moving, but I couldn't relate it back to the accident because I thought I got away scot free. So it took me another, once I identified it, got my head put on straight. My mom always said, you know, I knew your head wasn't screwed on straight. <laughs> so um, once I got my head screwed on straight, uh, it, then I started the journey of actually recovering at that point, every element of my, of my being. So the physical obviously, but emotionally I was stuck. I was stuck in anger and depression and hopelessness and sadness. All of those things kept me stuck for the additional three years. Um, Mindset was completely screwed up and spiritually I was just as mad at God as I was at myself and everybody else. So, So it took about four years. After I got my head screwed on straight, it took about four years to actually regain any kind of normalcy in my life.
1: Can I ask you, can you pinpoint what actually happened in order for you to get your head straight?
2: Um, it's a weird story, but what happened was I was in such bad shape one morning. I, before I went to bed at night, I just prayed to God to get me the heck out of here. I did not, I said, either fix me or get me the hell out of here because I am of no use to anybody in this state. And I had a dream that night um, about my cousin who had had an accident, hurt her back and Suffered for a couple of months and then found a therapist that, that was like magic for him. So it, it made no sense to me at all because she was about an eight hour drive away. It was middle of winter through the mountains. I couldn't even drive across the city, let alone across the mountains. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. That's just stupid. And then I got down on the floor to try to do some yoga and my phone rang. And I was very moving very slowly then. By the time I got up to the phone, it had gone to voicemail, but it was my cousin. And um, I phoned her back right away because it was unusual for her to call me at that time. And I said, so you called? And she said, no, I didn't. And I said, yeah, you did. I've got a missed call on my phone. And she said, it must have been somebody else. And I said, I hit redial. I got you. And she said, Brenda, I've been sitting at my dining room table. I'm working from home today. Both of my phones are beside me and I have not touched either one of them. And I said, she said, this is just really weird. And I said, wait till I tell you about my dream. (laughs) And, And so I told her, she goes, Oh, that's not a problem. It was a Nuka chiropractor that I saw. And they have them all over the place. Here, I'll send you the website, find one close to you. And I found one of the pioneers of Nuka lived within 10 minutes of where I was living at that time. So that's how that happened. I, you know, I was given a gift. I was given a
1: gift Amazing.
2: Um, that, that I asked for. I said either get me out of here, and I was quite open to both, like to either one of those options, but I was not open to staying stagnant yeah. where
1: I was. And isn't it interesting, I think in life, when we feel stuck, that's when we feel so powerless momentum in any direction is better than nothing isn't it
2: absolutely but
1: I'm very pleased you chose this choice and not the other am. so I'd like you to explain I'm sure many people are familiar with the chakra system but there'll be many people who are listening or watching this for whom this is something that that feels perhaps unfamiliar or they've dismissed it as being woo-woo rather yeah. than being something that can help them so talk us through it. it.
2: It's very it's very real, um, and and you're absolutely right. It's woo woo. It's still considered woo woo by a lot of people, and and you got to understand that coming at this as as a finance executive as a CFO,
0: was
2: it it was not easy for me to make that transition over and to actually embrace this as the main source of my of my healing and running my life. What um, the chakra system is, we have meridians. This is based on Chinese medicine. We have meridians running, 12 different meridians running through our body that feed energy into every cell, every organ, every ligament, every aspect of our being is energized and is energized through these meridians. And the chakras are just gateways that channel energy into that, into those meridians to help us outfeed every aspect of our being.
1: Now, I know that you've used this to help um, develop and heal you. Can we talk about that? And then I want to talk about how you've helped other people. So talk about how that's made a difference to you.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's hard to summarize in a short period, but the chakra system is yeah, every problem you have in your life or I had in my life, was there was a problem with one of the chakras. Okay. And so right at the very beginning when I did not want to be here anymore, it was the root chakra like I my root chakra through through all kinds of traumas but obviously the accident had gotten knocked so far off that I had no connection to this world energetically to this world and that's where I had to start the journey was building that that root chakra really grounding me to the planet bringing up that earth energy into my body And, and the root chakra is responsible for Everything that you have in your life, whether it's job, house, finances, health, it it is all contained within that root chakra. So we call it, we we say that the root chakra prepares the container. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have a container, you know, it's hard to keep things in your life. So when we talk about finances or money, we hear about people who have won a lottery a year later or claiming personal bankruptcy. It's because they didn't have a container to hold it within in their life. And uh, the same thing with business success. And so many people have things coming and they lose them and more things come and they lose them. It's not that they're lacking flow in their life. It's they're lacking the ability to contain it. And so when we're working with people on finances, it's, it's often that root chakra. Um, So that's that was the start was rebuilding that container and creating a really strong foundation for building the rest of the chakra system. Again,
1: sorry, I was going to say I had experience of using your meditations for the chakras. Yes, um, It's a fascinating story about how they came about and what's happened since. And I can thoroughly recommend them. They're used while you're asleep and they're just magic. Yeah. So talk us through how that came about because it's really fascinating.
2: You know, it came to me actually even before the accident when I was struggling, I was, I was having this internal drive to get out of my CFO role and into something. But I didn't know what it was, so that was the part of the struggle. And but it was such an intense pressure that um, I meditated, I was meditating every day and struggling. And then all of a sudden, one day, when I was meditating, it was like this channel opened up and this this meditation downloaded, just came to me. It took about twenty minutes to walk me through this whole meditation. And I used it for eight weeks and it made such a huge difference for me in making that transition in life. Um, And then at the eight week mark, the channel opened up and they said, it's time to get this to other people. And I'm going, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. I'm a CFO. I have no idea how to get this out, but true to form. Resources came along in the next few months, and by the end of the year, this was July when it came through, by the end of the year, I had a CD. This was back in 2007. There was no iTunes or no, no. real digital market, so I had these hard CDs and went, now, now what? So I started giving them out, and um, they eventually got uploaded to one of the free torrent sites where there were free downloads, and... Um, in the first two months, they downloaded over 40,000 times. It was the top download on that site for two months running. And who would have guessed it, like a chakra meditation, like with all the other music that's up there. Um, But I started getting testimonials from around the planet on the profound healing impact that this has had on people um, everywhere. Like, I can't even explain how many came or, or, you know, they reached the far corners of the world. And um, and then I had my accident. That was 2008 that all that was happening. Yeah. Early 2009, I had my accident and kind of, you know, became very internalized. And uh, just this year in June, I got an, a LinkedIn message from somebody, a gentleman, that, um, that said, thank you. You know, I, got, I came across your meditation maybe 12 years ago and it changed my life and I want to tell you that it has become my center of gravity. It defines who I am, how I fit in the world, how I see the world. You know, I can't even explain to you how this has impacted me. I just want to thank you for being you and making this available to the world. Out of the blue, like hadn't even thought about this for so long. We ended up um, creating a relationship there and um, he's become a very good friend and actually, a mentor to me because when he found that he was homeless. He said, I couldn't have paid a dollar for it and couldn't afford bus fare. And now he is a multi billionaire if you factor in all of his assets. And he said, I want to put all my resources towards helping you get this out to the public.
1: That's an amazing story. And I think I anybody think listening to this, it. If it's something that you've thought is woo-woo and that it has no relevance for you, just think on from homeless to billionaire. Yeah. And that guy um, believes that that your, your meditation had a profound impact on his capacity to yeah. live a life fully. Absolutely.
2: Many of the people that reached out to me and said, I've never meditated in my life. I didn't believe in meditation, but it was free. So I tried it anyways, and I can't explain the profound impact that it has had on my life. So
1: So um, what's the dream moving forward for you?
2: You know, right now, I'm short-term, because I get a lot of my instruction internally. So I really live life. I was told to get across the bridge, the bridge, from where you are to where you want to be will never show. It will never show up. It will appear one board at a time. And so I that's how I live life is I take one, you know, the board appears, I step on it, wait for the other one to appear, step on it. My short-term goal right now is to get this meditation out to people um, in in a free form so that they can, people around the world in every walk of life can use this to affect whatever needs to be healed or balanced or helped in their life. And, and I'm like two days away from that. Uh, I put it into an app. Brilliant. The app is up on, on the Apple store. It's just being reviewed by Google and that should come in any day now. And then people that have a, any kind of connectivity can download it and use it um, and
1: then I look forward
2: to more emails, more emails, more stories about how this has helped people. That's my so,
1: goal. So, how will people find the app? What will they look for?
2: Well, the probably the best way it's under Awakening Consciously in the stores. I'm also have um, I have a page right now on the website that's AwakeningConsciously.com/app that where they can sign up for a pre-registration for it. And then when it is actually officially out on both sites, I'll send them out an email. Once it's out, that's still a good page to go to because it will have a button that will take you to
1: either Android
2: or Apple.
1: Sounds absolutely fantastic. And I, for one, will be signing up. At the moment, I listen to your uh, meditation. I listen to it regularly and I can thoroughly recommend it. You know, it's been an absolute joy to have you on the show. I'd just like to say thank you so much for joining us, um, and I look forward to having you back. Um, and you know, if you are someone who wants a bit of help with your health, your wealth, your well-being, then go and find the the app. Can you just give that address again once more to, before we say goodbye to you, Brenda? Uh,
2: I It's awakeningconsciously.com slash app app.
1: So thank you very much. Um, Don't go away, after a short break, I'll be back to finish the show with you. Thank you. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, Brenda.
0: You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, *Thriving, Not Surviving: The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment*, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com, or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome back.
1: Last week was International Stress Week. Now, I'm not sure that they, they mean that you needed to be stressed last week, but they were looking at the whole issue of stress. You know, in the UK, In 2018-19, over 70 billion pounds was lost through days off because of stress. And twice that amount, they think, were days of productivity lost because people were present but not actually firing on all cylinders. They call it presenteeism. Stress is a huge issue. Again, in the UK alone, over half the um, prescriptions are for antidepressants. And most people cite work as at least part of their problem, and that relationships are also incredibly stressful. Now, stress is a perfectly natural response to a threat. We are hotwired like our cavemen and women ancestors, where any threat, any change was seen as an absolute threat to our survival. You know, if the weather was bad, if you didn't have enough food, if there was a a, a stranger, the chances are that they would be a threat to you. And then you have the problem of wild animals and so on. And we have those same um, responses within our body, no different in reality to a gazelle that is being chased by a lion. The challenge for us in modern day living is that we uh, have the stress response, but the stress for the most part is not about our survival, it's about our perceived survival. So it's much more around, will I have enough? Am I enough? Will I be found wanting? Can I manage this? And those stress responses, which release very, very powerful hormones, things like adrenaline, cortisol and hydrocortisone, those chemicals are designed to help you run away from the danger, like the gazelle running away from the lion. And they're designed to make your heart beat faster, to take oxygen and glucose to the muscles. They take the blood supply away from your gut in order to have a, a greater richness of those uh, nutrients that we need in order to run. The problem with modern day living is that we don't actually run like the gazelle. And if you think about it, the gazelle has two options. Either they run like hell and they escape, in which case they have burnt off all of those chemicals, or their lunch in which case it's not an issue anymore but in modern day living we have those chemicals around our system and they grind on at a low level creating all sorts of problems it's why when we're stressed that our tummy feels funny that often you, you know you feel as if you've got butterflies with hobnail boots on in your tummy or you need to go to the loo it's why you get a headache because your blood pressure's gone up You can't concentrate. Often people who are stressed can't sleep. The incidence of heart attack and uh, stroke and things like that is far greater from people who are stressed in a long-term situation. Now, the challenge for us in modern day living is if it's a perceived threat it actually feels real. And as far as the body's concerned, the response to that is as if it was a lion chasing us. But because we don't burn these these chemicals off, that they stay within our system, they make us feel anxious, they make us feel jittery and unable to cope. And that in itself generates more stress and more. I've worked with so many clients who have come to me because they are feeling stressed, that life feels out of control. And over the years, I've developed a whole range of techniques that will help people take back that control, become the leaders of their own life. And because I was talking to so many people about the same thing, I decided to to create an online program. It's called the Personal Empowerment Plan, PEP for short. And it's a 26-week program program. It's an email or a pep talk drops into your inbox every night with strategies to help you deal with stress. Things like, you know, using the mountain or molehill test. And I'll share this strategy with you. So something happens and it feels like a mountain. It feels insurmountable and huge. Ask yourself the question. By tomorrow, Will it be a mountain or a molehill? What about next week? If I look back at this thing that um, feels huge, will it still be a mountain or a molehill? What about in a month or a year? Or if you look at the end of your life, and I don't wanna limit you, so you're gonna be 732, and you look back on your life, will this still be a mountain or a molehill? I would say to you, 99.999 reoccurring times out of 100, it's something that feels big in the moment, that when time passes and you look back at it, time has shifted the perception from it being a mountain and it's being downgraded into a molehill. If you're going to downgrade it in time, why on earth wouldn't you downgrade it now? So think about your mountain And think about what needs to happen in order for it to become a molehill. And the chances are you just need a bit of perspective. As I sit here in my garden room making this show, I can see out into the courtyard and and to see all the plants. And I get a perspective on life which is very different than if I was sitting in the courtyard looking back into the garden room. A shift of position at some time often makes that perspective feel very different. And part of managing stress is to recognize that it's the same feeling on a continuum that takes us from stage fright when we're completely paralyzed to having enough adrenaline going that you have the excitement and you are able to work effectively and that gives you a better performance, okay? So ultimately, what I'm saying to you is allow yourself to know how to manage stress rather than it manage you. You don't want the dog uh, to be wagged by the tail. You want to be wagging the tail. We need that sense of anticipation and uncertainty. Uncertainty is one of the three constants in life. We know from the moment we're born that actually we're going to leave this world, we're going to die. We also know that we're going to have to pay taxes unless you've got a very smart lawyer or you're not earning anything. And the third certainty in life is actually uncertainty. And many people find that very difficult to manage. And we live in a time which is incredibly uncertain. We've never uh, in our living memory, any of us have been through a pandemic in the quite way the way it is I believe that we are shifting into a new era of consciousness and being able to manage that uncertainty to look forward to live in the moment and to be the best version of you gives you the very best opportunity to live a, an amazing life when you're stressed when you are feeling that you have no options that's your reality But when you recognize it isn't the challenge that defines you it is what you do with it and what i find is working with people who've been through incredible change and transition bereavement redundancy changes of relationship changes in their work and so on or a life um, changing illness or disability that actually with the power of hindsight they can see the gift and in that gift, they recognise that all of the angst, all of the worry, did nothing to help. If you're worrying about the past, you can't change it. What you can do is learn from it. If you're worrying about the future, well, that may never happen. The future, as you see it, may never happen. What we have is this moment here, and so the permanent, the uh, the. Uh, personal empowerment plan is designed to give you a toolbox a whole compendium of different strategies and principles and tools to help you be the leader within your own life to take control to have that sense that you are able to manage whatever comes your way because make no mistake that when you manage things as you manage them you learn you grow When you have a piece of iron, it's quite brittle. When it's tempered by fire, it becomes strong. And so will you. You are capable of so much more than you ever thought possible. And ultimately, being the best version of you is around stepping into the resilience that you have. We are given the opportunity to learn and often, when we take no notice, those lessons get bigger and bigger and more and more challenging. So I would suggest to you that the first and foremost, you need to manage the stress and anxiety in your life. And even if things feel bleak, remember the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Even if it's behind a cloud, it's still coming up. And that there are so many things out there to help. Go and have a look at YouTube, the Genuinely You YouTube channel. Uh, You'll find a series called Uncut with Gina and Soupdev. and you will watch as people never met before are coached for an hour about their issues and they have an opportunity um, to have some insights. And every one of them in that time made huge progress. So I'm inviting you to step into being the genuine you, step into being the leader of your own life. And I look forward to seeing you in the next show. Thanks for joining me. Please share, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.